0: Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that shines a light on the ups and downs of everyday history. I'm Gabe Lusier, and today we're talking about the time when Americans were encouraged to seek refuge from a nuclear bomb that thankfully never dropped. The day was October 6th, 1961. In a letter to the Committee on Civil Defense, President John F. Kennedy advised American families to build fallout shelters as protection against a possible nuclear exchange with the Soviet Union. He also pledged that those who lacked the means to construct their own shelters would soon be provided such protection through the U.S. Civil Defense Program. In the early days of the Cold War, Frequent duck-and-cover drills became a regular feature of public life in the 1950s. The idea that hiding under a desk could offer any protection against nuclear fallout seems laughable today, but the practice found a great deal of support in government. In fact, it was endorsed and implemented by President Harry Truman. But as Cold War tensions ratcheted up in the late 1950s, leaders in American government began to wonder if a more effective survival plan was in order. Many became convinced that building personal bomb shelters could save lives in the event of nuclear war, but this more plausible idea didn't gain as much traction in the White House and was never promoted by the Eisenhower administration. By the time President Kennedy took office in 1961, credible reports had been released backing the construction of shelters as a means of surviving a nuclear strike. The threat of war with the Soviet Union looked more likely by the day, so on October 6th of that year, Kennedy became the first sitting president to encourage citizens to build personal bomb shelters. In his letter, Kennedy said, quote, In simple terms, this goal is to reach for fallout protection for every American as rapidly as possible. Protection against this threat is within reach of an informed America willing to face the facts and act. The people of this country will be urged, by me, by the governors, and by other leaders, to do what is within their means. In response to Kennedy's call to action, Congress approved the appropriation of $169 million to identify and stock fallout shelters in existing public and private buildings. The scientific community was more hesitant to endorse the plan, fearing that the efficacy of fallout shelters had been exaggerated, as it had been with the duck-and-cover drills. Nonetheless, the media quickly got on board and began promoting the construction of shelters wherever possible. In short order, businesses began selling prefabricated shelters, as well as do-it-yourself home conversion kits. Display models appeared in shopping centers and national publications such as Life Magazine touted the optimistic claim that fallout shelters would save 97% of the population should a nuclear attack occur. That same Life article included a letter from President Kennedy, which said, quote, We owe that kind of insurance to our families and to our country. The time to start is now. In the coming months, I hope to let every citizen know what steps he can take, without delay, to protect his family in case of attack. I know you would not want to do less. But Kennedy's assumption was soon proved incorrect. Time magazine ran an article that year titled, Gun Thy Neighbor. It explored the ethical question of building a private family shelter and included a chilling statement from a shelter owner in the suburbs of Chicago. The statement read quote, When I get my shelter finished, I'm going to mount a machine gun at the hatch to keep the neighbors out if the bomb falls. If the stupid American public will not do what they have to to save themselves, I'm not going to run the risk of not being able to use the shelter I've taken the trouble to provide my own family. Magazine writers weren't the only ones to raise concerns about the erosion of civic duty in the face of nuclear destruction. Academic journalists, scientists, and religious leaders also spoke out about the moral dilemma of private shelter ownership. The question of whether to build one was a popular topic of conversation in 1961, but in the end, most American families decided against it. A Gallup poll from that year reported that 93% of Americans had no intention of building a fallout shelter, and other contemporary polls reported similar levels of disinclination. Most people considered nuclear war a serious possibility, But they weren't convinced a shelter would provide enough protection to be worth the money and effort, and they didn't want the responsibility of deciding who in their neighborhood should potentially live or die. It's difficult to say how many Americans actually built their own fallout shelters. Many who did so constructed them in secret to avoid the judgment of their neighbors. In June of 1961, the reported number of privately owned fallout shelters in the U.S. was about 60,000. By 1965, the estimate had risen to some 200,000. That may sound like a lot, but the number represented just 0.4% of U.S. homes at the time. The shelter construction rate fell well short of what President Kennedy and others had hoped for, But the topic came to the forefront yet again a year later during the Cuban Missile Crisis standoff with the USSR. With the world on the brink of nuclear war, many Americans scrambled to hoard canned goods and other supplies, and to put the finishing touches on their backyard bomb shelters. Thankfully, the crisis was averted, and no one had to find out just how ineffective their shelters likely were. In the years following 1962, the fallout shelter craze lost its momentum and nearly 600 shelter construction companies went bankrupt. Many of the shelters that were built, both private and public, still exist today. They are austere reminders of a time when a fearful public grappled with the question of what we should and shouldn't do to survive. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. <laughs> love the dance challenges i love <laughs> that it's kid safe coppa certified uh, i don't know what that means it means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data zigazoo the world's largest social network for kids <laughs> download the zigazoo app today as someone who lives for politics when a major scandal unfolds it was shocking i have to know what were they thinking